0: Okay, so um, today I'm going to continue to speak and I will definitely recap on last Sunday's message where I'm talking on the wrath of God. You know, the, 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 the passionate wrath of God. You know, we've, we've been thinking of the wrath of God as something that is very destructive, something that God exercises towards us and um, or towards people that don't want to obey him basically as a punishment um, you know for disobedience and last Sunday we clearly see and today I'm going to further explain that that um, God is not in the punishment business he is not in the um, taking out his anger on people business he is he can never be but who He really is and what we're actually going to do today is we're going to look into the mirror of the glory of God and just behold ourselves as we see who He is. Amen. Amen. You know um, uh, w- one of my favorite preachers called uh, um, Rabbi Zacharias know, uh, I listened to one of his teachings and this is what he said he told the story uh, it's, it's and I'm going to tell two stories and both of them are true stories Um, this guy was in jail I think in China or somewhere he was in jail for 50 years and uh, he went in when he was 25 and he came out at the age of 75 and he asked this question what would you think would be the first thing that this guy asked for once he was released the first thing that he could hold in his hand the first thing he asked for was a mirror for he's never seen his face in 50 years and they gave him a mirror he looked into the mirror and he started to sob and I think that is what's going to happen today and what's happened in Jesus Christ we've been living in the jail of the law never perceiving our own face and once we are released we can see who we really are and our life can be shaped by what we are beholding and we need to have this reality you know in every study we make of every topic in the Bible even in the wrath of God you know um Rabbi also tells a story he, he, he lived in India he's a, he's a Christian philosopher he, lived, he was born in India at the age of 17 um, you know tried to commit suicide opened his eyes in intensive care survived uh, somebody came shared Jesus with him he got saved now apparently you know they had to have some money that servants when he lived there in India and um, the, the, the guy worked for them for many years <clears throat> one day they said to him let me uh, let us buy you a ticket to go and watch a movie and let's say it was in the 80's and uh, they bought him a ticket and he went and, he, and, and came back and they asked him so how was this for well, he's never been to the movies in all his life and he said, you know, um, at first I was quite confused because, you know, I just went in and I saw these bright lights, you know and they said, now bright lights he says, yes, you know, I came in I didn't know where to look and I was looking at the projector where the light was coming out you know, and it was amazing, you know but it wasn't as what I thought it would be and then somebody turned me around and I saw the reflection of that light and then I understood and it impacted my life And I think when it it comes to the gospel, we were staring ourselves blind at the brightness, you know, of the gospel in things like signs, wonders, and miracles, and the supernatural, and all those kind of things, but we could never see the message it's trying to convey. And today we're going to have to take that mindset of, we're not going to look at the bright light, but we're going to look at what it's trying to say to understand the wrath of God. Now, I, um, I I just laid down a foundation on what the wrath of God is, and so that you can know what conclusion I want to come to. And this is the conclusion. In this uh, session today, we're going to conclude that the wrath of God is His passionate reach for life, the highest way of living, founded in family relations. The wrath of God is God's passion for persuasion, belief, influence, and mutual birth which is based uh, sorry birth birth based in life which he gives to people honoring their design it can also be perceived as anger now let me explain this in short when you look at the, the the wrath of God and this is the conclusion the wrath of God is God's passion for His original intent for who He is and who you are. It can be perceived as anger. Now, the best way I can see it is like uh, in normal family life. Here is my son. My son says to me, Dad, I want to do something this way. I tell him, should you do it that way, it's going to destroy you. You cannot do it that way but he is my son and he is a a, a mature son so he's not a child he's a son I give him the right of freedom of choice he he lives like me I'm passionate about the fact that we live by mutual influence I'm passionate about the fact that I will never overrule him but that he will believe in what I say and then what I say will be born in him and take place in him I'm passionate about that I'm so passionate about that that when he wants to go and do something that is contrary to what I think is good for him that I will not override my original plan which is that he will be a being that will live in relationship with me I'll never be his boss to the point that I will say if this is what you want then go and do it and he will go away and say but my dad's angry but his dad's not angry his dad is passionate for a certain way of living His dad is passionate to say, I am never going to be his boss. I'm not going to, I never want to be Aubrey's boss. If Aubrey after school decides that he wants to go and sell drugs, I will tell him, my son, that way will kill you. But the only way that I would want him not to partake of drugs is not by me locking him up in a jail, causing him not to partake of it. I am passionate about him believing in me my goodness influencing him and him from revelation of that truth having the life that I know is the best for him sharing in my life should he not believe in me this is my wrath that he can have what he wants that is the manifestation of my passion for what I believe in saying I refuse to partake in what he believes ending because if I do it I will end all that is good yes. okay now the, the, the paradigm shift in understanding the wrath of God actually as the passion of God is so big that we, we it is difficult to explain because of the mind shift that we've got to go through you know because we've always seen the wrath of God as the anger of God um, let's just lay down the foundation from where we're gonna study the scriptures now this might sound very complicated but I had to write this down for myself um, to put in my notes that I can always go back to this so now I'm gonna explain what I, what I say so this is what, I'm, what, what I mean by this so this is gonna sound very complicated but don't switch off if you watch via the internet um, don't switch off while you're here <laughs> just listen a derivative of an absolute has to have the elements of the absolute existentially and philosophically. Studying a derivative outside of these simple boundaries would not be a true study, for it's based on the foundation that is not congruent with the absolute. A derivative of an absolute is an absolute expressed tangibly. A a derivative of an absolute has to stand the test of congruent integration to be truly connected to the Absolute. Now what this means is if I have an Absolute which is God okay and something derives from God it has to have the attributes of this Absolute which is God present in it or we can never assign it to the Absolute so when we study absolutely so (coughs) so when we study the grace of God we see the attributes of love in the grace when we study mercy we're going to see God which is love in the mercy otherwise it's not the mercy of God if the mercy includes punishment it is the mercy of someone else or something else it cannot be the mercy of God so when we study the wrath of God it has to have the attributes of God's unconditional love honor and respect for original design family life the platform from where he function which is love, faith and trust present in it or you cannot say it's the wrath of God there's different wraths in the Bible And let us read uh, one example in Genesis here. This is uh, um, Jacob that was upset with his sons Simeon and Levi. Now Simeon and Levi is a very good uh, explanation, if you look at the types and shadows of it, of law mixed with grace. Okay? Levi, we know the Levites, it talks about the the guys that basically did all the law stuff and the priests and all those kind of things in the um, in the temple talks about the Levitical law and then Simeon um, you know was his name was Simeon because uh, Leah said that Jacob doesn't love me he loves Rachel and in this place where I had no love God saw my play, the place where I had no love, and he blessed me, and he was good to me even when I was rejected by my husband, and God heard my cry, and therefore I'll call him Simeon, because Simeon means to hear. Levi talks about Levitical laws. And basically the word Levi means to be accepted because you've done something. Um, Levi, when Levi was born, he was the third son, and then she said, because Rachel hasn't had any sons and I bore Jacob three sons he shall now love me because I bore him three sons talking about the law because I've done three good things now I'll be loved he'll be called Levi now these two sons did something they went and they and with with this in mind let's read this Um, now this is Jacob blessing his sons telling them what they're going to inherit and all those kind of things Simeon and Levi are brethren weapons of violence weapons of violence are their swords this is now Jacob speaking he says Simeon and Levi these are very violent sons okay so law mixed with grace is very violent okay Simeon and Levi are brothers deceit and force are their secret design oh my soul come not near them okay let me read verse 7 did I put the wrong translation in here I did Okay, let us read just verse seven here. I just took it from the Septuagint. This is what it says. Cursed be the wrath, cursed be their wrath, for it was willful, and their anger, for it was cruel. So here Jacob comes and he says, Cursed be the wrath of these two sons of mine, because it was willful and it was cruel so here Jacob comes and he he says and, and we can read this into the New Testament seeing that a wrath that is willful and cruel cannot cause you to have an inheritance because it's not God's kind of a wrath God's kind of a wrath is not willful what it means willful there is I got so upset so now I'm willfully going to be cruel to somebody because he doesn't want to obey me That is what wrath there means and here we see it as a wrath that should be rejected and that caused them not to inherit and he says I will cause them to be scattered in uh, in Israel so that cannot be we cannot we look at the wrath of God we cannot assign it as a cruel willful killing of people only having self-prosperity in mind So when we study the wrath of God, we've got to look at it from a different perspective. Uh, The wrath of of God and the wrath of the law is two different things. The wrath of God, like I explained, is His passion for a certain system. And we're going to go into it now and explain how the manifestation of that works today. Because the Bible says the wrath of God is already manifested on the sons of disobedience today. Okay, we're going to see what that really is but the wrath of the law is this is what the woman would have experienced in, um, when she was caught in the act of adultery let us then kill her the wrath of God does not kill you the wrath of God warns you that you will be killed by believing something wrong and then should you be adamant on it he is passionate for the system that you live by faith to the point that he will allow you to have your own will even if it's unto death should God have said to Adam and Eve you know what, you partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil which is you are by what you do and he was not passionate for you are what I am and partook with them, then everybody would have died but because of this passionate reach this is what it literally I don't know why we use the word wrath Uh, it's because it can be perceived as anger but the Greek means his passionate reach or geio the Greek word his passionate reach for his kind of life was so powerful that he refused to say I'll partake with Adam and Eve the best way we can see the wrath of God is in the, the the life of the prodigal son the, the son asked the father for his inheritance and then he left. And the father, should the father have left with him and lost everything with him, what would the son have had to come back to? Nothing. But the father said, this is how I live. I'm passionate about all that I have belongs to you. He goes, doesn't want to live at the place where it is, all that I have belongs to you. He wants to say, what I have received of God is mine and I'll build my own life with these things. And he lost it all, but the Father remained at that place and never moved with him to that other legalistic place. Seeing this in the New Testament, that you cannot find God in the commands of the law towards you. He's not in there. He is in the I am so that you can be. Now this can be very complicated, please bear with me. Romans, 16, Romans 1 verse 16, we're going to look at this, a practical example in the Bible. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, for it's written, the just shall live by faith for the wrath of god is revealed from heaven against or in all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness now let me explain this thank god you know i, I want to tell you i'm so excited about understanding the wrath of god it is such good news it changes your mind about who god is Yes, sir. it puts him in your subconscious mind in the category of only good and there's no doubt about it it gives you that look in the mirror of your original design it, it, it reveals the whole system of the trinity life of mutual influence, belief, faith and everything we've been preaching here for years here he comes and he says the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith now what does that mean let me read verse 17 again he's not ashamed of the gospel for in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed or let me uh, use another word for revealed there manifested from faith to faith in other words from and and I mean I've got a whole teaching on this but let's just keep it simple from his persuasion to our persuasion okay so we see the righteousness or the life of God manifesting in us as we are persuaded with his persuasion okay so it talks about a manifestation here now it goes on and it says in verse uh, 18 for the wrath of God is manifested from heaven in all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men now the word for there is so important I just want to first say if you hear here for the first time I apologize for the complicated message but this we need to get this into our hearts okay listen to this and I want to I'm going to recap to explain the concept on what the wrath is the life of God is manifested how he lives, his quality of life is manifested as we have his persuasion. But God's passion for his only system of life is revealed in those that don't believe in him through the manifestations of everything but life in them. Let me read, let us, with that in mind, let's read the verse again verse 17 for herein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall have life or have life manifest in them by being or sharing in God's persuasion or faith verse 18 for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness now I'm going to read another six verses and you're going to see how this unfolds because that which may be known of God is manifested in them so here is a person that doesn't believe that which is might be known of God concerning life is manifested in us that believe, those that don't believe that which must be known about God is manifested in them so what do we see in the life of a person that does not believe in God that does not believe in grace, that believes in legalism, we see turmoil and strife and all those kind of things. So what do we learn about God in His life? We learn about God in His life that that system He believes in can never manifest life. It's not transcendent of God. Meaning, God doesn't breathe life into man through legalism and through chasing after the more. Hallelujah. God is in a love relationship. God is passionate about I'll be good to you unto unto the point that that goodness gives birth to my quality of life in you free from your works, free from sin consciousness, free from your labor and effort and trying to persuade God that you are valuable. You see the manifestation of peace in that person. So here we see the life of God manifested through persuasion. Here we see another bunch of people. We see... No, they want to live by their own doing and their own works and we see the result and we still see that man lives by his persuasion. What we learn about God is that man is a being that what he is persuaded of manifests in his life and this guy is persuaded that he by his own works will produce life and we can clearly see that God is not in that. That is called the wrath of God we thought the wrath of God traditionally is the anger of God that he will pour out on people in the last day killing those who irritated him (laughs) but but that is not it That, that system of legalism God from the beginning said shall kill you so you if God said this will cause your death he doesn't have to put I move nie, Hankie, buiten sit, om die dood mooi te laat werk nie. Die dood sal jou Because God said so. If God says, law, legalism, and you are by what you do, will kill you, guess what? It shall kill you. God does not have to kill you. Because the thing that you partake of, possess the power already, to destroy your life. So you can never put God, in the power, on the side of the death never you can never put God on the side of the destructor or the destroyer there's a I think I think the, the verse is in um, Jeremiah I'm not sure I must go and look at all oh, maybe maybe might be Isaiah 46 but the Bible says um, God says I give life I, I give light and create darkness. I, the Lord God, do these things. So how can God bring light and create darkness? Then it goes on and it says, I say to the skies, rain, rain down righteousness and as the skies rain down righteousness you reject my righteousness so what it is is um, it's like me walking into uh, a, a typical charismatic church today and I switch on the light and I say you don't have to tithe to be blessed neither sow or reap I put on the light and the moment I do that I create a lot of darkness because all of a sudden a lot of fighting breaks loose and everything and my passion for this truth is revealed you know in those that believe it as life in those that don't believe it as fighting and turmoil because they don't want to partake of this life it's not me causing them to be angry it is their unbelief in the truth that causes the anger Amen let us go on let's read verse uh, 22 verse 22 talks about people that rejected God it says the context of this is talks about the heathen that didn't have the law but God revealed to them who he really was And then they rejected him, made four four, uh, footed animals, after they made that, created that, then they started to worship those animals, and this is what then happened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image um, like to be like corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their heart to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever so what he says here he says the wrath of God is revealed to uh, in these people that reject my love How is it revealed? God gives them up so that they can have what they want. For God is passionate about the system where He says, You shall not live by Me overruling you. You shall live by My influence upon your heart. So even if they wanted to believe in a foreign God or something where that's going to kill them, God was too passionate and is too passionate about the system where He says, You shall live by faith to say, okay, I'll make you my slave and I'll force you to have good. He was so passionate about this, this system that when Satan came and cleverly tricked man into slavery, where they had no choice but to die, he came and destroyed that system in the baptism of John. At John's baptism, John comes to the, the Pharisees Comes to John, says to John, um, you know they, they, they just well they come to the battle to see what's going on John says the following he says who has warned you to flee from the wrath of God he says behold the axe is at the root and every tree that does not bear fruit, forth fruit shall be chopped down declaring the wrath of God what is the wrath of God an axe that's at a tree that cannot bear forth fruit what is that tree It's the fig tree. It's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's a tree of Levi. It's a legalistic tree system in which the Pharisees were standing thinking they were bearing fruit. He says to them, this is the tree that's going to be chopped down. You think that you are children of Abraham, but God can of these stones make children of Abraham. He's chopping out this whole system because you're a Jew, you're a something. You are something because God made you something and you were slaves of the law and the wrath of God is revealed. His passion for the system where you live by faith and not by works is so great that he is now taking away the legalistic system completely. And the wrath of God was revealed in Christ. (laughs) Hallelujah! For he said there shall not be a system where my people are enslaved unto you shall have death there shall only be the system which is true in the Godhead in the Trinity which I call the Trinitarian system wherein the Father believes in the Son the Son believes in the Father they both believe in the Spirit and from this wonderful congruent cross-pollination if you want to call it family system there's a mutual birth and sharing in equality of life taking place which he made available for all people adam came and walked out of that system enslaved millions of people and then god says no every man shall have the freedom of choice to partake of that system that is the wrath of god And that wrath of God is, the Bible says those who don't believe in Jesus, the wrath of God is still revealed towards them. We can even see the passion for this in those that don't believe, for they are bearing the fruit of... Legalism in them. When they say, "I shall be legalistic and have my life by legalism," then God says, "I tell you that will kill you, but this is life, and I, I am passionately staying in this system wherein you shall have life by my goodness towards you, and if you want to have life in life anywhere else, I cannot give you life in that system, for I am eternally saying no to legalism and death. That is the wrath of God. This is what it reveals here. It says in Romans, clear. It says here, the wrath of God is. Let's read verse 17 and then verse 20-24 of verse 18. It says, but the wrath of God is manifested from heaven in all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So people who hear the truth reject it, don't want it, go and live another life. We see God's passion there. How is this passion manifested? For God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own heart meaning they wanted to go there they wanted to go there and eventually God said if you want to go there you can go there my door is open you can come back anytime I'm not rejecting you I love you and I want to say this while they while people walk away like that I do believe that there is an inner voice drawing them you know but you cannot force your child to have something which you think is good if I force my child to have what I believe is good I contradict everything I believe is good I hope you understand what I'm saying I cannot force my child what is good for me and for Elena is that we believe in each other that we love each other that we see the value in each other and from there have a life born into each other and from each other that's good should I contradict that then I mean I don't want Helena to stay at home with me but she actually loves someone else but she just stays with me because that's the right thing to do or I see her fall in love with someone else and now I lock the door she can't get out of the house she shall love me I have contradicted everything that I stand for and I brought hell into my very own home that is what you do so the wrath of God is actually the the, 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 the God's passion which can be seen as anger Romans 2 Romans uh, uh, 2 verse 4 and I'm gonna now further explain what wrath really is um, or despise you the riches of His goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. But after your hardness and um, impenitent heart treasures up for yourself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds. Now, when we, when we think I I want to explain that render according to your deeds there the Bible says the wrath of God is to render for every man according to his deeds it doesn't say to kill any man it's to render to every man according to his deeds that's the wrath of God now let's read How he will, to them who by patient continuing in well-doing, what is the well-doing there? It is belief in Jesus. He who patiently believed in Christ, expecting Christ to bring forth glory and honor and immortality, there they will see life those who did not do that and rejected Christ and said I shall live by the law and by my own willpower and by the system of I am what I possess and have what will they have? destruction and indignation so the wrath of God is to allow people to have what they want that's it God cannot be seen as the God that kills the people that's wrong You know, I've been struggling for years, you know, trying to get a God that is only good, connected to a God that will just kill everybody in the end day, last day. How do do you do? I was even thinking in own family values, you know. um, Remember what I said last week, when we study anything, it should never be outside of unison or it it should be in unison with family value now if my son I'm talking about a grown-up son here when we think of God in few instances you can think of yourself as a child but most of the time think of of yourself as a full-grown son that's already got your own kids and your father if if my child already has got kids and I see he's done something wrong and I see the death that the wrong is bringing in his life, how can I now go and even kill him? It's outside of family understanding. But it does make sense when I see my son really wanting to do something that's to his own destruction, and I give my everything to win him, and all I do, everything I do, he still rejects, and I see the death even unto death. What can I do? Nothing. It still makes sense. It still makes family sense. But it makes no family sense to say, well, if my son has done something wrong now, and, and even when he's dying now, when he's to have his last breath, I still actually cop in the grond and trappen we don't need to laten. Well this is my wraak. Dit, dit is not the wraak van goed werk, this is the wraak van de mens werk. The Bible says the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God but when we study the wrath of God we can still see the righteousness of God and the goodness of God honoring original design what we need to do is we need to have a very good look at who Jesus is, who the Father is, who the Trinity is and see that as the picture and the reflection of God's reality in us and the life we have is, transcends from Him we don't have a life outside of belief and persuasion and Him being good to us and our hearts being persuaded we are not beings created to have life in any other form as transcendent life meaning life that comes from Him we cannot have life by our own ability there's only one Jehovah the word Jehovah means self-existing one there's only one He, he made us to be an, a, a being that share in the self-existence that He possesses and the only way you can have it is by a family relationship with Him where you're not sin conscious where you're not works conscious but where you are righteousness conscious Right, let me read this verse, this is powerful For the promise that he should be the heir of the world This is Abraham was not to, For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law but through the righteousness of faith For if, For if they which are of the law be heirs faith is made void and the promise is made of no effect Because the law works wrath for where no law is, there is no transgression. Okay, so let me explain this verse. It's actually an old message, but let me explain this. God promises Abraham that he will have descendants and that he will have a blessed life. The only access he could have to that life, which God freely gave, was by being persuaded that it's so. And by that persuasion, he saw the manifestation of that life in his life, even in times of his disobedience. We did lied about Sarah and did things okay God was still good to him because he didn't live by the law but he lived by works so by faith in Christ let me explain that faith to have the persuasion he has to be of the same persuasion for he persuades your heart by his goodness so he's good to you, you, come, you become persuaded of this goodness, you find his life, his peace. Like Derek says here, they're going through a hard time, they have peace. We see his life manifest in them. Okay, now it goes on, it says, but the law, so faith works or manifests the righteousness. But the law works or manifests everything but that life. When we are under the law, what manifests in our life according to Romans 7? Sins, destruction, despair, anger, the fruit of the flesh. Here, Paul calls it the wrath of God. But the law manifests wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression and where law is, is transgression. So here we see the passion of God towards a system where you live by faith and where you are persuaded and where you are born from what you believe here we see it very clear so the wrath of God is seen in in our lives through or in the lives of people through the through the fruit of the flesh and now when I see the wrath of God I don't see the anger of God when I see God not giving life to my legalistic system I'm so blessed because I see that he continues to honor his promise he made from the beginning I see he continues to honor Jesus Christ as my representative and he doesn't push Jesus aside to give me life outside of his original design and intent which was to be co-seated, co-live, co-spirited with him I hope you understand what I'm saying if I come and I see I continually live in an absolute fear in my finance and the reason I fear like that is because of a belief system where I find my identity in what I possess and my own ability and everything and I find all of that I, I, I I don't read it as God's anger towards me, I read it as God's passion for the original plan wherein he would give it to me for free not rendering life or giving life or any virtue to me through legalism for he is still not part of the legalistic system and he will never be part of it glory to God Amen I need to end off just see here. Listen to this. This is so powerful He says I'm going to do two verses Ephesians 2 and 1st Thessalonians 2 it says, among whom also we all have our conversation in past in times past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desire of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others so here he comes and he says we are children of wrath it talks about people that didn't believe in Jesus what happened they were the children of the wrath of God what is the wrath of God the Bible says in Hebrews 4 it says I have sworn in my wrath that you shall not enter into my rest outside of faith unless you are persuaded of my goodness and don't stand on your and you don't stand on your own works righteousness you shall never have rest God has sworn that that's his wrath his passion for true trinity life in that in his passion for that life he swore and he said even though the works it says in Hebrews was finished from the beginning it was already finished and he already entered into his rest you shall not enter into rest outside of the rest system which is to have it for free. He swore that. That is the wrath of God. And now it says that when we were without God and aliens, uh, uh, you know, not even knowing about Jesus, we were the children of wrath. What happened? Our lives was born out of having no rest because we were not in the system of rest. That is the wrath of God and the end of that wrath is for the people that are completely given over to that wrath and born from that wrath is never to have the quality of life called immortality in the return of Christ for they shall have what they wanted all the time so this is not an angry God this is a God and you know when, when we look at the, at the internet um, we find a doctrine going around saying all people shall be saved all those kind of things doesn't matter how good it sounds it's not congruent with original design Amen. Amen. it's not in line with his original plan and it completely contradicts who you are and what you are and what God stands for so. trying to put God in a better light than what he really is I remember when I was in school there was a, a I can't name names <coughs> because some of my friends might watch this, it was with me in school this one girl, her father believed that, you know, they would just sleep with any guy so what he would do is, when we had to dance at the school was had to dance at the school then what he would do is he. Daughters weren't allowed to come, you would drive from a neighboring town, come to the school, and be outside amongst the bushes there with a flashlight catching all the teenagers with only Borsele and Frey. Okay. Is that the love of a father? Is that a father really loving his daughter, wherein you say, I wish and pray for a father that would be like that to me all my life no, you say the guy is a mal-o-man he's crazy he's crazy you know, and then he would go and prove to the school that their security is not good enough and whatever and say that's why my kids can't come here and what and what and what but I went there I had not asked anyone. Could not Some of you want to say that so I read your minds and said it. <laughs> so in the very same way if God is portrayed as this father that shall force you into his house is contradicted his very existence so his wrath is revealed here clearly here it says and, and, and I hope this drives it home He says for you brethren became followers of Christ and of God which is in so, sorry for you brethren became followers of the churches of God which is in Judea um, and that are in Christ Jesus for you also have suffered like things of your own countrymen even as they have of the Jews so it says here just as you guys were just as the churches in Judea were persecuted for believing the truth you are also persecuted it says who both and then talks about these Jews who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us and they pleased not God and are contrary to all men forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved to fill up their sins always for the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost so listen these people were in such rebellion against God in the presence of Jesus that has died in the presence of the resurrection they were so in rebellion willfully against God that God gave them over to what they really want which is the wrath of God to the point that they are forbidding people to preach to the Gentiles for a Gentile might just be saved the wrath of God was manifested we can see the wrath of God we can see how God we can see the free will system the system of live by faith and persuasion where God doesn't force you where you are loved into something manifested in such a great way that we can even see that God has given these people over for they wanted it to the point that they are in such rejection that they are saying let's not preach the gospel to the Gentiles for they hate Gentiles so much lest a Gentile be saved so what they are actually saying is let the Gentiles go to hell and the old South African would have been we hate the black so much let's not preach the gospel to them so they might go to hell that is that would be such a person that can do that from the depth of his heart has so rejected the relentless tenderness of God which is still active towards him that that death can manifest in him I want to say this in closing should this happen to a person, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love that person. It doesn't mean that God says, oh, you didn't want to listen to me, so I give you over. It's not the anger of God. That wrath is not to exist and does not exist. It's not congruent with the love of God. It's God, it's like me and my son. If my son wants to marry somebody that, is, that, I, that I know this person will destroy their life, I want to say my compassion even goes out more to that person in that state I will do everything possible but the more I do and the more they reject the more death I see it's like a child where you, you, you've got a good business idea for him and he doesn't want to do it uh, and then now he becomes rebellious and now he rejects it and you come with another idea and he rejects that one and you come, you come with another one and he rejects that one and now you can eventually see that in that rejection utter utter destruction has come to him for he's come to a place where he's lost common sense in his rebellion yet you're not going to force him into anything for you are a being that lives by faith and persuasion and love and mutual influence called grace know this that God will never ever he will never ever dishonor his original plan should he do that he will deny himself to the point he will deny the truth in himself he'll partner with Satan and the ministration of death will conquer God he cannot deny your design I've said this many times in church I want to say it again they came to Jesus and they said to Jesus Jesus shall we pay taxes unto Caesar they want to catch him within their sly craftiness by bringing in politics into religion and Jesus says give me the money you pay the taxes with they gave him a denarii He says, whose image is inscripted on this coin? He said, Caesar's. And then he says, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. Now that begs the question, which they never asked, what belongs to God? The answer would have been, where is the image of God inscribed? It's on a human being. You are the image of God. So bring back to God what belongs to God. So, there, before the cross, he was already declaring that the human race belongs to God. Not the church. The human race belongs to God. And see how he honors and how he is passionate for his original plan that he still gives man the free will to walk home come home he came to seek and to save that which was lost didn't say those he says that what was lost what got lost in Adam free will free will got lost the system of you live by persuasion he influences you by love the system where you have his life as a free gift in you where because he is you are got lost in Adam for Adam sold it to the system that you are what you do and Jesus came and he seeked and he has already saved that system brought it back to the original place and now we stand again where Adam stood long before the fall in union with God wherein you can now live by the persuasion that's in your heart and God's passion for the system is so great that you can have whatever you are persuaded of even if it be death that is the wrath of God I hope it makes sense I've tried my best let's pray Father I want to thank you for this awesome revelation as I've been walking with this for the last past years I knew the day would come when I would preach on this and I am so overjoyed in this awesome truth thank you Lord that you will stand your ground in the presence of so many different things wherein the contrary system was to contradict who you are and what you are and who we are and what we are Lord as we look into the mirror and we again today behold our original design we stand in awe of a God that could create out of dust a being that is so much the likeness of God Lord we know that we cannot create out of gold or silver or anything any image that is looks like the image in heaven for it will just contradict ourselves for we are the very image of God on this planet you created an image by your hands out of ground gave it life which is the image of God on earth which is us so when we make a statue and we want to pray to it we contradict our very design we walk in error as pertaining to who and what we really are and we want to honor you this morning for your greatness and your awesomeness thank you for your beautiful passion that you have in never partnering with Adam in that death thank you for your wrath O God it is beautiful to us it's beautiful to me my God you always treats us as equals with you you've never got disgusted with us in what happened in the fall you've restored us you've cut out that tree axe was at the root, the tree was chopped down and out of the root of the stem of Jesse came a plant the tree of life that we freely can partake of and we are not slaves anymore thank you Father for your greatness Amen and Amen I want to thank you guys for Uh, coming to church today you know i said to helena you know when i prepare i'm passionate about the service you know and i want to minister to people so it's good to see all of you here and that i can just share my life with you and what god has put um, in my heart amen those of you that want to get please fill in the forms and um, if you want to make a donation please do so thank you god bless